So before we enjoy our lunch together, I want to just share something with you out of the Bible, um, simply entitling it Church Leadership. As we've all recognized, today is a very important moment in the life of this church because leadership is vital to God's people. Back in the Old Testament, uh, in the book of Judges, there was a time when the leadership had come to an end, when there were no more judges, no more people leading the people of Israel. And the Bible says at that time there was no king in Israel. People did whatever they felt like doing. That's a dangerous place to be. And we know that leadership is an essential part of life. Back in 1997, two women died within about a week or so of each other. These two women couldn't have been more different. One was sophisticated, well brought up, glamorous, well thought of. She was the cover page of numerous magazines. She was a princess. The other woman was elderly. She had committed her life to being a Catholic nun and she was born in Albania but served in one of the poorest parts of the world in Calcutta, India. One was Princess Diana, the other was Mother Teresa. Sometime later, the daily, well, sometime earlier, 1996, the daily male took a poll to decide who were the most influential people in the world in terms of being most caring. Princess Diana came up first, followed by Mother Teresa. When you have influence, you bring change. Princess Diana still features on covers of magazines today and the dear lady Mother Teresa is still fondly thought of and remembered for the incredible work that she did for many many years. She actually received the Nobel Peace Prize for the incredible work she did among the poorest of the poor. When you have influence you can change situations. Leadership is about influence. A church pastor is to influence people to know Jesus, to follow Jesus, and to become like Jesus. Sanjay, you have influence now that you've been set in as the pastor of this church. So your influence is to encourage people to know Jesus, to follow Jesus, and to become like Jesus the Lord Jesus Christ. John Maxwell said that leaders have two characteristics. First of all, they're going somewhere. And secondly, they're able to persuade others to go with them. Now, modern leadership is often about good management. So if a company is making huge profits and the shareholders are satisfied, then it is believed that the management is good. If your football team is winning every game 
week in, week out, then it is believed that the manager is good, even though he doesn't kick a single ball in the 90 minutes. But it's believed that they have a good manager if the team is constantly winning. If a government is managing a country well and everybody feels satisfied with how things are going, then it's generally considered that the Prime Minister is doing a good job. However, biblical leadership is about shepherding, not managing. You see, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, not the good manager. Jesus said, the good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. He said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know know me. Jesus never called himself a leader or a manager. The church was never intended to be a business run by executive directors or CEOs. Now, I know some pastors today who like rather grand titles, executive pastor. What's an executive pastor? Does he have a post briefcase or a super iPad? I don't know. But we, we pick up these terms from the world and often we lose sight of the fact that a pastor is to be a shepherd of the church of Jesus Christ. So today we are setting into this church not a manager, not a leader, but a pastor who will shepherd the people of God as his flock. So what are the responsibilities of the pastor? Well, I want to turn you to John chapter 21. I'll put it up on the screen here. I'll just read it to you. This is what it was said. um, After Jesus had risen from the dead, he meets with Peter who had denied him. And Jesus serves a lovely breakfast on the beach because all the disciples have gone fishing and they come back from fishing and they suddenly see that it's Jesus with his barbecue and they bring some fish and they have a lovely breakfast and then Jesus takes Peter to one side and he asks him this question, verse 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time, Jesus asked, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Whenever I have occasion like this to set somebody into the role of a pastor of the church, I'm always drawn to this conversation that Jesus had with Peter. Maybe Jesus asked three times, do you love me? Because Peter denied Jesus three times. I don't know. But I think there's some things we can learn. This wonderful analogy of sheep and the shepherd is a very helpful metaphor to understand what church leadership is all about. And Jesus sums it up very clearly in John 10 when he says, the good shepherd lays down or sacrifices his life for the sheep. So from this conversation that Jesus has with Peter, what are some of the things that we can understand 
and some of the responsibilities that Sanjay will carry as the shepherd or the pastor of this church. Let's think about it very quickly together. Okay, first of all, it's about nurturing. Feed my lambs, said Jesus. Now, lambs are newborn sheep. That's what they are. They're vulnerable, they're helpless, they're weak, sometimes they need help with their birth, they're ignorant of the dangers of the wolf, and they will get up to mischief because they don't know any better. It's like little children, really, isn't it? It's exactly what they are. A lamb is a sheep that is less than one year old. But lambs are lovable, aren't they? You all sang the nursery rhyme didn't you bar bar black sheep have you any wool this beautiful little lamb that for some reason was born with black wool a pastor who fails to have a tender loving nature to my mind ought not to be in the job because it's about loving those who are needy vulnerable and have cares and concerns And the first thing that Jesus tells Peter here is you need to be tender-hearted. You need to be gentle to look after my lambs. Isaiah uses shepherd language when he says in Isaiah 40, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. A good pastor will display the tender-hearted nature of God and serve the flock with grace and kindness. To nurture is literally the process of of bringing up and training. So there are a number of you here today, I know, who are school teachers in primary or junior schools. And what you're literally doing is you are nurturing your children, particularly those in reception in the first years, you're you're beginning to train them, to develop them, to educate them. That's what's going on, nurturing. And it comes from the Latin word to nourish. Sanjay, you are to nourish, you are to enrich, you are to develop, you are to cherish, you are to sustain the people that God has placed under your care, those spiritual lambs, and to bring them to a point of godly maturity. Ultimately, they are to become like Jesus. Isaiah also gives us another glimpse of nurturing when he says of God these words, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in his arms, holding them close to his heart. Sanjay, you need to carry this church close to your heart. It will stick to you. You won't be able to let it go. It's part of the job. Carry it close to your heart. Care for it. Look out for it. Nurture everyone who's part of the flock. And sometimes that will mean that you're up all night with the lambs. Sometimes bringing lambs to birth can be quite difficult if you've ever watched All Creatures Great and Small or any of those uh, programs. You've got to hold them when they're afraid, teaching them to trust God as their heavenly father. Lambing is a 24-7 ministry because lambs are like babies. They need the milk of the word. And may you have the joy of seeing many people come to know Jesus, come to new birth in Christ. 
So nurturing, but then in this conversation that Jesus has with Peter, we also find that another responsibility is pastoring. Because Jesus, the second time he says, Peter, do you love me? Jesus says, then take care of my sheep. This part can be hard because whilst lambs are cute and cuddly, sheep are stupid. You're going to have times in this church when the people are stupid. Okay? That is what sheep are like. I remember one day we, we had a holiday on, on one of those narrowboats on a canal. And we were going through the countryside, having a lovely time, just gently cruising along. And there, floating in the canal, was a dead sheep. Oh, says Vic. When sheep are thirsty, they will go in search of water. And sometimes they search in the wrong places. This sheep had broken through the fence, down into the canal, thought it would get some water, got out of its depth, and it became history. Pastoring means leading the sheep into safe pastures. Leading them beside healthy streams of life-giving water through the power of of the Holy Spirit. But it will also mean getting them out of trouble. David was a young shepherd boy. He fought a lion and a bear to take care of his sheep. And Jesus tells of a story when there was this guy, he had a hundred sheep, and one night he was putting them all away and he lost one of them. I mean, what's one percent out of a hundred? It's not much, is it? If you've got a pound and you lose a penny, are you really going to get anxious? No, you won't bother. You've got 99p still. And you can go to the 99p shop and you'll be okay. But this guy, Jesus says, he put the 99 safely away and he went in search of the one that was lost and he didn't give up until he found it. You will have to do that on occasions. That's what pastoring involves. Seeking and searching out those sheep that wander off and get in the wrong places. Pastoring is about laying down your life for the good of the sheep. In some churches today, I am sorry to say, some pastors expect their sheep to lay their lives down for them. That is not what Jesus taught. Jesus said the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Anyone who is called to be a pastor is expected to lead a sacrificial life. There was a guy in the Old Testament named Amos. He was a shepherd. And his name, Amos, means burden bearer. That's what you have to carry as a pastor. You carry the burdens of your flock. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. And even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid because you are close beside me. A pastor has to walk through the dark times with his flock to comfort them and to reassure them and to be with them. And Paul instructed the elders at Ephesus. Mary read it to us this morning. This is what Paul's instruction was to those pastors or overseers of the church at Ephesus. He said, guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers. I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come among you after I leave not sparing the flock. It's about watching out for them. It's about being with them in every situation. 
Now, the Bible says of all of us, like sheep, we have all wandered away. We are inclined to do our own thing. That's why we need pastors who watch out for us, who care for us, who look for our spiritual well-being all of the time. And it's interesting that the symbol of a shepherd has always been with that crook handle. If you ever see a bishop in the Church of England, he will walk along with that shepherd's staff with the crook. And that hook is to pull you out of trouble and to rescue you in times of difficulty. So Sanjay, be a faithful pastor. Pull them out of all sorts of problems and watch over them night and day. But then finally in this conversation that Jesus has with Peter is the third area. He says to Peter, I want you to feed my sheep. This is about teaching. The ability to teach the word of God is an essential requirement of a pastor. It's the qualification for an overseer. We all like good food and we're going to get some good food later on. None of us can live off of junk food. And a pastor who serves up junk ministry, well, to my mind, is not worth his salt. Preach the word. Give them nourishing, wholesome truth. Never compromise on the word of God, but give them the truth, because we live in a day when truth is being constantly undermined, and we need to stand for the truth of God's word. So teach the word faithfully, Sanjay. I know you will. A good pastor will give his flock wholesome, nourishing food. David said of God as the shepherd that God prepares a feast for me in the presence of my enemies, Psalm 23. In other words, when the world wants to bleed you dry, when the world wants to take from you every ounce of your energy and well-being, God is the shepherd who will pour back into you good things of his love, his faithfulness, his goodness, and his kindness. In the New Testament, Paul had a young prodigy named Timothy who he taught to be a pastor. And this is what Paul instructed Timothy. He said, Timothy, preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. For a time will come when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires. They will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. But you should keep a clear head and a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given to you. What great advice. But it all starts with preaching the word of God. Sanjay, make sure you preach and teach by example. Live what you say and be what you say. Finally, I just want to give four little thoughts to the church here. It's great to have you all with us. If you're not regularly with us, why don't you come back every Sunday from now on? We'd, we'd love to have you with us. You'd be really welcome. But four things. Finally, a word to the church out of Hebrews 13. First of all, follow this man. Hebrews 13, verse 7 says, Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Follow their example of faith. 
This man is a man of faith. Have a coffee with Mary and Sanjay, or Milk and Honey, as their new name is. Find out the story of their lives, the incredible things that God did to them, growing, for them growing up in India, the way they proved God miraculously. This couple have got great stories to tell. This couple have incredible faith in the provision and the goodness of God. Follow their example of faith. But also, obey them. Verse 17 of Hebrews 13, obey your spiritual leaders, do what they say, for they watch for your souls as those who will one day give an account. Every pastor will one day stand before God in heaven and have to give an account for those that he was responsible for. It's an awesome responsibility that we carry in this role. And you need to be obedient to the good that Sanjay will speak into your life because he's watching out for your best interests. Then also pray for them. In verse 18 of Hebrews 13, Paul says, or whoever wrote Hebrews, pray for us. We want to live honorably in everything we do. This couple need your prayers. You would expect them to pray for you again and again. You will come to them and say, please pray for me. I'm going through this situation. I've got this challenge. I've got that challenge. And that's part of their responsibility. But they also need you to pray for them. Be faithful in your prayers. And then finally, honor them. I said earlier that it's almost a bit like a wedding when they came and stood at the front. In Hebrews 13 verse 5, the writer says, give honor to marriage and remain faithful. Now, you might think I'm taking it out of context, but as I said earlier, it is a bit like a marriage this morning, a relationship that this church is entering into with this couple as pastor. So you need to honor them. Honor them with kindness. Honor them with generosity. Honor them with love. Honor them in every single way that you can. Give honour to this couple. There's a great film that Janice and I watched a number of years ago called Sully. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's all about that, what is called the miracle on the Hudson River. When this uh, plane had taken off and uh, it was hit by a flock of geese and uh, the pilot, uh, Chelsea Sullenberg, had to land on the Hudson River. This was in January in the winter time. It was remarkable how he landed it safely on the river and every single person was saved. It's a great story. There's a great book. If you've never seen the film, watch it if you've got Netflix or something like that. But in the book, he recalls a time when one of his daughters, Kelly, was very young and she said, Dad, what's the best job in the world? And this is what he said. He said, my answer was this. It's the job you would do even if you didn't have to. It's so important for people to find jobs suited to their strengths and their passions. People who love their jobs work more diligently at them. They become more adept at the intricacies of their duties. They serve the world well. 
On January the 14th, 2009, my life had been a series of thoughtful opportunities to be the best pilot, leader, and teammate I could be. I was an anonymous, regular guy, a husband, a father, a US Airways pilot. On January the 15th, circumstances changed everything. A reminder that none of us ever knows what tomorrow will bring. I flew thousands of flights in the last 42 years, but my entire career is now being judged by how I performed on one of them. This has been a reminder to me. We need to try to do the right thing every time. To perform at our best, because we never know which moment in our lives we'll be judged on. That's a timely word to all of us. To be the best that we can for Jesus. To serve the best that we can so that he gets all the honour. To make a difference in our world in the way that we live our lives. And to be signposts to the Lord Jesus Christ in everything that we say and do. May God bless you. May God bless this church as Sanjay now takes the helm. Thank you.